We've been told this story that if you check all the boxes, if you do all these great things, then you will be happy. But why do so many of us still feel unfulfilled? Welcome to Wealth and Liberty, where we give you the education, tools, and solutions to go from feeling unrewarded to becoming autonomous with three simple concepts to guide us. Identity, self-development, and financial control. Welcome back, everyone, to Wealth and Liberty. I'm Scott Tucker. Today, we're going to talk about LinkedIn. I mean, if you think about all the financial vehicles out there, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, gold, Bitcoin, like none of that gives you the power to create wealth the way LinkedIn does. And that's because it's a software. It's a tool. It's a tool like money is. But it allows you to build your identity and take more control over how people get to know you, how you can attract their attention. And so everybody's been on LinkedIn for the probably past five, 10 years or so. I mean, it's been around for a while. And we all knew we were supposed to be on there. It's a professional network. Yet we didn't know how to use it. If we weren't looking for a job, you know, you might go on to read some articles or something like that. But it has changed. In the last few years, LinkedIn has been a content, an awesome content platform, way better than Facebook or Twitter, not as good as YouTube. But (laughs) so that's you know, that's what I recognize as an, as an opportunity about a year and a half ago. I was trying, you know, trying to build a brand, personal brand, get to be known for something different. You, know, you do websites, books, podcasts, all that stuff. And it was just, it's just hard. There's, there's a lot of things going on. And one, it doesn't matter what you do. You got to get, find people to, to see it. LinkedIn allows you to do all that all in one, one platform. So uh, I've had, you know, I, I went all in a year and a half ago, taught myself how to use it. And what I realized, I, I finally realized I was doing, because I was, I was trying to teach it to people, and they'd get it, but then not do anything. And I was like, okay, well, I'm explaining it wrong. And I finally realized that I'm actually using it in LinkedIn, it's more like a dashboard. Like I'm turning the widgets and the nozzles, you know, to get better results. Like you drive something, I'm driving LinkedIn, right? It's, it's my control panel for my business in, in a lot of ways, or at least for my personal brand. And, you know, that's what I realized, all right, there's so many people, especially right now with the whole lockdown, you know, folks are on, on there, need to be on there, need to be on there to find jobs, to find clients, like everybody's hurting right now. So I thought, I need to, I need to teach it again. I, I need to find a better way to teach it. And I thought, what better way to do that than to just start over? But also knowing what I know now about how to use it. And so I thought, what if people could kind of just look over my so- shoulder to see what I was doing, why I was doing it specifically, and yeah, come to, and, and and hopefully those folks who uh, pay attention, looking over my shoulder, would do, would would take their own action, do it their own way, and get the results that that they need. I know it can work for anybody. I've seen it work for so many folks. Work for me, and so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold a a, ma- a live you know masterclass level training daily for probably about a month, where I'm just going to build not just a LinkedIn profile, uh, it's a strategy for your brand to get what you want, to network, to help people actually be valuable, maybe. That would be a good idea in this process. So that I think it'd be fun. I'd love to invite you and anybody you think could benefit from this. Um, I know for sure people getting out of the military are told to use LinkedIn the absolute wrong way. 
in my opinion, of course. I mean, it, it depends if you're just trying to make things easier for an HR person at a, at a big company. Then yeah, use it. Use LinkedIn the way they tell you to do it. But if you want to truly take control over how you wake up every morning for the rest of your life, that's that's what I'm teaching. So I think independent professionals, you know, coaches, consultants, those types of folks, they can really benefit from this as well. Or anybody in the that's an executive at a, at a company and they're just trying to look to do the, the next thing uh, for themselves. Probably had a lot of success. You know, that's who this is for. I want to invite you to it. You can go to usvetwealth.com forward slash LinkedIn to get to the, uh, the page where I explain a little bit more what we're doing and you can register. And, and so today's episode, I'm going to talk more about you know, most times when you hear like, oh, go learn LinkedIn, they teach you how to do it, but they don't teach you the why. So I was, I was invited to speak in front of a networking group called Synapse Hubs which I definitely think is a, a great organization uh, for anybody who wants to think about networking uh, to check out. But I was speaking in front of them, and I thought, hey, I want to teach them, teach them the why. Why do we need LinkedIn in a personal brand right now? Because LinkedIn's going to go away, or it's going to become saturated. It's going to become like Facebook. Like, let, Let's assume that and take advantage of it right now. So that's what today's show is about, is the why. Hopefully it motivates you to, to use it more intentionally. So connect with me if you haven't already on LinkedIn. And I'd love to see you at the masterclass. Uh, the orientation is m- this Monday at 8 p.m. But even if you're listening th- to this later, don't worry. We'll package up the videos and, and make sure you have access to them. So with that, I will let you enjoy the episode. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Scott. Cool. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, David. And thanks, Kelly for everything you're doing with the Alzheimer's Association. That's really cool. I do remember family members when I was a kid, my great uncle talking about playing soccer the other day, and I was so confused at what was going on. But so I know it's a challenge and and uh, really appreciate what everybody's doing and excited to be here. I'm Scott Tucker. I'm a West Point grad, former Army officer, lived a lot of time in Europe, been downrange, so on and so forth. Got out of the military about 11 years ago. No plan, no idea what I wanted to do. Stumbled into another financial advisor who had also gone to West Point. He kind of got me into the financial industry. And so that's kind of the catalyst of my story and journey that I've been on because I realized many of us, whether, you know, I I focus on veterans and, and to some extent military spouses who kind of struggle to find their purpose post-military. And that's why this motto, this is kind of my why, my purpose. It says, you know, our job in our life is not to make ourselves, not to imagine someone we ought to be, but it's to find out who we are and become it. And that's from Stephen Pressfield, the guy who wrote The War of Art. And I just kind of took that to heart because I found so many of us just kind of going through the motions and following orders. And I thought, you know, and ask you even, you know, have you ever had this struggle? It's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not sure who I'm meant to serve. And I know what I want to do. I know how I can help people. But how do we connect with them? And how do we get, you know, quote, unquote, clients, probably for a lot of us, in this case, clients, customers. But, you know, for a transitioning veteran, it's how do I get a job? Ultimately, what we're looking to get is attention. That's the challenge. And too many of us basically try to be like everybody else. And it's hard to get attention in the military. It's like, go make your resume and put it in a stack of 200 other resumes that look exactly the same. 
in the financial planning and financial advisory world, it's like go get your CF or put your name on a big firm and basically look exactly like everybody else. And so I just found that to be a struggle. And I recognize many other coaches, consultants, you know, people in small business roles or just anybody trying to find their identity and their personal brand kind of ran into the same thing. So that's why I, about a year and a half ago, got really focused on LinkedIn because I saw something. And so what I wanted to do today, what I recognized that the struggle I was having, you know, on LinkedIn a, a while ago, you know, this LinkedIn thing, we know what's out there. We know it's so important, but it's just this huge thing. And there's so many pieces. Is it social media? You know, what am I supposed to do? Is it like Facebook? It's a professional network. And so what I got focused on was, you know, what is this thing, right? And I learned it. You know, I went and taught myself how to do it. And then I would teach it. I spoke at the Military Influencer Conference. As we said, we spoke to Synapse members about it. I even went to a, another one of the Synapse nonprofits and worked with the organization individually. And I recognized people either weren't doing it or they even got mad at me because they didn't teach them what they thought they wanted to hear. <laughs> so I realized, okay, it's not about the what. So I don't want to go into the what right now because that's going to take, there's more to it. So the next thing is, all right, well, how do I do LinkedIn? And yeah, there's a lot of tactics. It's scary. Do I put it on a profile? What's my headline? You know, what's my about section? Who do I connect with? There's a lot of, you know, how do I do this? And again, you know, I don't want to overwhelm and there's so many resources out there because ultimately what I discovered, it's like Simon Sinek says, what's the why? And the more and more I came back to the why, to building my brand, and then how it applied to LinkedIn is where things really started to change for me. And I said in the message before, you know, from what I did in the last year compared to the year before, I had a 2,700% growth in attention. You know, what financial professional, independent business owner, small business owner, you know, someone looking for a job doesn't want more attention, you know, to be known for something. And so once I realized, hey, that's the why, that's the trick here, I knew I was on to something. And so, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to teach today. And we're going to have more stuff coming to you. You know, since we got 15 minutes, I want to get as much as we can done and get more to you via email after the meeting today. But, you know, first thing is like, okay. We're all in a business, whether you're self-employed, small business, or just someone looking for a job, you're an individual entity looking for income, right? So we got to think like a business. And there's two different types of growth when you think about businesses. There's linear growth and exponential. And 99.9% of businesses are linear because you know that's kind of what we get focused on and we're technicians. We know how to turn the widget in our business, so we try to focus on doing that thing. And so if we're looking at the growth of a linear business, and the idea is all right, we get into business, we're turning our widgets, we're giving our services. You know, if we make a hundred K in the first year, then you know to increase the revenue in the next year, we gotta do double the things, double the expenses, double the, the stuff we need, double the advertising, double the staff, you know, whatever it might be, but in the next year maybe we get two hundred K and then so on and so forth. And I'll come back to kind of how that applied to me real quick in the financial services world, but I also noticed that you know, the best businesses out there, the wealthiest people out there get their income through exponential sources. You know, the Amazons, the Warren Buffetts, you know, they get it this way. What they do is they start off taking, you know, same metrics, taking 
you know, a lot of risk up front, not getting a whole lot of reward, and then boom, exponential growth, right? And it's like, well, what are they doing that's different? Because, you know, I remember my time, and for 95% of people in financial services, you fail in the first two years. You just completely get out of the industry, and I just couldn't stand that fact. And so most people are just out early on. But I got lucky. I, I bumbled through it for a few years, didn't make any money. And then one day I kind of, you know, I was able to hit that 100K mark over a year. And then I actually got up to here. But then things start to stagnate. And frankly, they start to crash and burn for a whole number of reasons. And I'll get into that in a second. But I just noticed that the 1% of people who have any success in this industry are normally just kind of stagnating or they're crashing and burning, and then a very, very few just kind of keep on going up and end up making, you know, the good money become the best people. I was like, well, that's just such a hard model. I, I didn't understand it. Why aren't we doing what these guys are doing? Okay, so I wanted to see, all right, what are they doing? And if we just look at Amazon's business model, right, so if we're just looking at Amazon could be like Uber or something like that. You know, most businesses, you know, work like a sales process or a pipeline or a funnel. First, you know, you go meet the guy and then you you teach him something, you know, could answer their questions and then you got a thing you want to sell and then you get a customer, right? And so it's like, that's cool. But, you know, that's a hard process because then you got to start all over again with like the next guy. Amazon doesn't do that. It's like, wonder why. You know, what they do they don't have a funnel. They have a flywheel. So the idea with the flywheel here is, all right, well, first you go to Amazon because they have a big selection of stuff, right? And then that leads to better experience for the customer, okay? And that leads to when you get better experience, you get more traffic to their website, and that's where they sell this stuff. And then when you get more traffic to the website, they actually get more resellers. So Amazon, you're not just buying from Amazon. There's people on there with a small business selling stuff via Amazon. So when you get more sellers, that creates more selection, which, again, increases the experience, which increases the traffic, which increases the sellers. Same thing with Uber. The more people using the service, more drivers on the thing, better drivers, better, you know, all the above. Now, what Amazon really does, so it just kind of keeps on growing and growing, but they also have kind of an extra little rocket fuel that they add on to it, and it's lower costs because, again, they're not brick and mortar. So they can save a lot of lower costs, which means to lower prices, which increases the Amazon experience, which increases more traffic. And see how see how this works? Of course they're killing it right now. They're the only thing left to do it, but Jeff Bezos is preparing for this for two decades. Okay, so I started to notice that. And then I recognized, well, what was I doing as kind of the old school, you know, financial advisor or working with the traditional, you know, model, right? Well, same thing. It's like, all right, well, to get started, I got to be a part of a firm because that's the only way I have credibility, right? I got to be with the big name firm, been around for 150 years, and they have all that you know, all that going behind them, you know, all the Super Bowl commercials, right? So I could just, you know, do what they tell me to do. So it's like, okay, well, that gives me some sort of confidence. But, you know, they say, well, go get your credentials, licenses, other qualifications. Because when you get a license, it's like all of a sudden on day one, you're now an expert. Well, no, the license is really just to be able to legally get paid for this kind of stuff. And so, well, I need to get other things like CFPs or other qualifications, MBAs to make myself try to stand out a little bit better. But really, 
doesn't, none of that matters unless you're out there prospecting for business because if you don't have prospects, there's no chance of getting clients. And ironically, even within your same firm, you're actually competing against other people in the same firm. So that makes the prospecting even harder if you try to team up with folks. But ultimately, you're just trying to get new clients. And that's how it works. The firm gives you the credibility. The credentials give you the legal aspect and maybe a little bit more credibility. But you got to make a name for yourself prospecting, which takes a lot of time to get a new client, which in order to serve, really you're bringing them as business to the firm. And that's when I started to realize oh, I'm actually working more for the firm than I am myself, even though they kind of tell me that. And, oh, by the way, there's this thing called compliance, which in the old school firms is with the certain licenses you have to have. It just slows everything down. So it's like going the opposite direction. Even though I'm bringing the firm business, they're actually making it harder for me. And it's crazy because it's actually an anti-flywheel because eventually you run out of time. Once you get more clients, you have to spend more time on them. And that means you can't spend that time prospecting. You can't spend that time educating yourself. It, so it's kind of goes backwards. So really, yeah, you can get some growth, but most of it is sucking up your time. And I just realized, oh, that's why that linear model is so, so difficult to keep growing in this model. And so I recognized, all right, there's got to be a better way to do this, especially with the Internet uh, happening. So about five years ago, I started to really learn all the new skill sets that the whole industry wasn't paying attention to. And I'll show you how kind of I applied it using LinkedIn. And so here's all I did differently. You know, I wanted to focus on creating forward moving fly, but one that wasn't going to just keep on stopping me as I was trying to do the best thing I could. It was just, they were just making it harder for me. So I realized I don't need a firm. You know, I have something unique to share. I have a unique audience I want to serve. I have unique knowledge that's all. All I want to do is help a certain type of person. So, you know, I recognize I need a personal brand because the bottom line is we all have a personal brand anyways, so we might as well use it, right? And so it's like, okay, so that's where I focused on rather than being working under some other name or firm or, or somebody else's qualification. So when it came to building my skills and credibility, I focused on digital skills, not the financial skills that it basically anybody can just Google or YouTube or whatever. We can learn that stuff a lot quicker. It's like the digital skills, it's what's changing. That's what's really valuable these days, the creativity. You know, how do you use all these tools? The fact that most folks weren't aware how to use Zoom this last month and it was just messy. It's like I've been using Zoom for years, especially when it came to servicing folks. So, you know, I was ahead of the game on that. So that was cool. And then as I learned digital skills, I learned how to better shape and share my knowledge, basically just share the, the myths and realities of things I had learned about being in this industry, about being a veteran, about what the opportunities are. So I basically learned how to create valuable content. All valuable means is just actually be helpful. You know, don't be promotional. Don't be focusing on, you know, always trying to tell someone how to buy your product. It's like literally just find their problems and be helpful. And so rather than just create clients, like that's been nice as well. Really what I did is I created fans. And so by creating fans, that's now increased my personal brand because they talk about me with the right types of folks. And as I've increased my personal brand, I want to decrease my digital skill set so I could share it with more people, which allowed me to share more valuable content, which created more fans. And now, really, my time is only what I want it to be, only. 
Like I get to choose 100%. I have to drive across town. Coffee meetings never convince. I get to do that if I choose because I focus on my time on these four things instead. And so the rest is all growth. It's all exponential growth. Now turning it into money and stuff. Yeah, that's the sales process. But essentially it was April 2018 to April 2019. I had 15,000 views on my posts on my LinkedIn. That's how much attention I got. Now that's actually a lot, you know, for most people in my position, you're looking to get clients like to get 15,000 eyes on your brand, whatever it is you offer. That's, that's a pretty good deal. But then I recognized, wait a minute, there's something else going on right now. Nobody's really paying attention to it and it's LinkedIn, but it's more than just being on LinkedIn because everybody's on it. But if the average professional person who's on LinkedIn, the type of people you want to connect with, only has 900 connections, and then only 1% of all users on LinkedIn are actually doing any posting, it's like, well, if I'm doing a post every day, then I'm one of 10 people showing up in that person's feed every day. And imagine the feedback I can get because they're all just there. It's everybody I want to. They're going to be commenting, sharing, and connecting with me and giving me feedback on what I have to say. So I realized I need to start testing. And there's no better platform to test all these digital skills, all this personal branding stuff, all these valuable content. The fact that the fans are just there, the types of people you want to serve, the professionals, the ones who aren't trolling all over like Facebook, right? <laughs> Facebook groups. These are just people who really want to help and be engaged and actually network. The testing happens on LinkedIn. You can do everything you can do anywhere else on the internet, you know, 10 times easier just doing LinkedIn. So this was my exponential, my extra rocket fuel, like kind of Amazon has with their lower prices. It was just like, now I'm going to get dirty with it. I'm going to get dirty with it. I'm going to take all sorts of courses. I'm going to implement it. I'll take a course in a weekend, implement it the next day, read a book, implement it the next day. And by doing it on LinkedIn, I had immediate feedback, which improved my valuable, helpful content because I literally figure out, you know, by paying attention, oh, my gosh, people are talking about this. Nobody's answering it. Let's go create some content around that, see how it helps people. And, you know, that's just allowed everything to compound. So, um, I wanted to share all that. I know that was a lot. That was quick. And I didn't even pull up the LinkedIn platform because I just find it so important that you not get confused. We see the bigger picture. We don't get overwhelmed by the bells and whistles. And so in order to keep today short, because as Brian said before, I can go on for an hour and a half on this stuff without even cracking the surface. But I put together a little video or kind of an extension of this today to talk about what those three things are that we need to be doing on a regular basis on LinkedIn to see these kind of results. Because so that last year from April 2019 to April 2020, by doing this, I had 433,000 views. That's my 2,700% growth. And it's like, that's worked because as soon as everybody went in lockdown, I just started getting attention like crazy. And for a number of different reasons, I just kind of set myself up for this. And quite frankly, my numbers aren't even that high compared to what the LinkedIn gurus do. I just knew that it was enough for me for what I'm trying to do in my business and allowed me to kind of take these next steps. So two years ago, I had one sort of brand and I tested it and realized, okay, that didn't work. It shifted it to the parts of it that were working best for us. And that's because I learned it through LinkedIn. Now that's how I have this podcast idea, the Wealth and Liberty 
podcast because that's just even more narrowly focused. You know, that's my messaging arm of what I actually do inside my business. And all of this came for me increasing my digital skill sets and really focus it on being valuable. You know, these things, the personal branding and the fans, they just come because you don't waste any time bothering trying to convince people to buy your stuff if they're not the right fix. We don't need to make everybody, you know, a client or part of our group. And so once I started to really internalize that, I've just had more fun. I don't have clients. I have friends and partners. And then the cool thing is the way the LinkedIn algorithm works, this is what I'll teach you, is that... Those people, by being active on LinkedIn themselves, so by me teaching you how to do this, when you do it properly, you're going to engage with me more. That's going to automatically share my stuff with more people and likewise share your stuff with more people. So it allows us all to really help each other without a whole lot of work because LinkedIn's doing the work, right? And so, But it only works if we truly understand it. So um, what, what I'm going to do is... I'm going to do a 30-day challenge. I'm going to start a profile from scratch. In 30 days, I'm going to show what I'm doing every day for 30 days and how you could do it to apply whatever it is you're trying to do so that 30 days later, we've got not only just a, a proper profile, uh, one that's meant to be helpful and, and actually truly share your story and, and why you have the empathy and authority to serve those whom you're meant to serve, but also to develop the strategy. How are we doing the networking, right? How are we creating the content? How do we share our knowledge properly? And then, of course, all the bells and whistles on how to use LinkedIn. So kind of behind-the-scenes type thing. We'll send more info if you want to be a part of that 30-day challenge. would love to have this be a, a big part of the Synapse group. I think, I think especially now that Synapse is going online, if we, if we guys properly all use LinkedIn together, like, sky's the limit. And that only, it doesn't just help Synapse. It doesn't just help Keith and Brian, right? It helps everybody. All right. So that's my mission. That's what I see as an opportunity here. Love to have you guys involved. And thanks, Brian, for everything. And look forward to uh, continuing this. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Here's what you can expect on the next episode of Wealth and Liberty. The next thing is the what. You know, really, what is LinkedIn? And that's what I want to hit on today. And then the third one is, if you follow Simon Sinek, is how. And, and that's what we're going to do in a challenge I'll talk about here at the end. Thanks for listening to Wealth and Liberty and choosing to learn how to live an autonomous life. Please leave us a review on iTunes and share the show with a friend who you know needs to hear this message. Remember to subscribe at wealthandliberty.us and connect with me, Scott R. Tucker, on LinkedIn.